in Dreamland. This is Rumors of War 1987. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for your viewership. I deeply appreciate each and every one of my uh, viewers and subscribers. Thank you. Uh, it's very motivating and it helps me um, helps me gauge that I'm, I'm being heard and that, you know, my my message is becoming more and more successful as days go by. And I hope that I can dedicate my life to educating more and more people about the military-industrial complex and the truth of the cosmic war that we're in the middle of. Um, today, I'm starting a new series, which is, I, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's today or not, because, you know, you'll be seeing this in the future, and, and but this is a part, the first of a new series, uh, the premiere of The Art of War. Uh, know Thy Enemy series, and I'm going to break down um, the the information that I am aware of, that I am privy to, that I am recovering uh, with meditation and with light healing and with uh, lucid dreaming and with uh, channeling. I'm opening myself up to um, the Council of Nine or the Seven and One. Uh, but I, I am starting to channel and remote view and astral travel and meditate while in my meditations. And uh, I was a practitioner of yoga for a long time, so I'm fairly adept at the Eastern um, practices of physicalizing a healthy uh, experience of the other or, uh, you know, the experience itself as the Eastern mystics and the uh, Sufi would call it, uh, the touch of the divine. But um, this is going to be the first one. It's, it's focused on the reptilians on uh, in between Earth and uh, Jupiter. And uh, they colonize a lot of Jupiter's moons and the, the, the Kyber Belt. And the Martian uh, landscape has been destroyed. Uh, with a within a civil war between them and the Greys, their own construction, their own AI, which uh, went rogue, and um, their colonies on Earth, because they evolved on Earth, and um, and um, that was their stronghold. But they didn't really have any affinity for any one given location. They, their affinity is more into territory. And each is considered equal as long as it's, uh, you know, uh, lucrative to, to hold and possess. And so these reptilians had their stronghold on Earth uh, destroyed. And the few that remain here survive hidden in the shadows of, um, you know, basically a huge cave network and cavern network inside the Earth. And uh, so we'll get to the description of them. We'll get to the... Definition of what the reptilians are and how their nature intertwines with ours, and how our um, histories, you know, really do intersect as to the the present nature of us or our relationship with them and uh, why they are in our society the way they are, and um, hopefully, people will know that this is elemental and. And achieving victory or achieving any kind of military stratagem is to have some intelligence on your enemies, to have, uh, you know, keep them closer than you do your own, 
uh, family, which is know your enemy better than you know yourself. If you wish to survive, if you don't know your enemy, you have no place on the battlefield. You have no place in battle. Uh, you you know you're just a casualty at that point because you are uh, waging a losing war. Uh, there are terms of victories that the art of war, uh, I believe, best uh, qualifies one to understand. And even though it was written, you know, in the fifth century, um, I believe that uh, it's 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 words were deeply inspired by a, a greater truth, a greater human knowledge. So, here we go. Um, reptilians are not a new thing. It's not a new phenomenon. It's not an admission ad of science fiction. Uh, even though it's carried over into the age of science fiction, into the age of the future, of futurism, uh, it's been prevalent in human history. This is a rivalry, an arc enemy of man, a natural predator of man, and a force that which if we wish to uh, you know um install a supremacy into a place if we're supposed to commit uh, a dominion over it dominate it it's going to have to come at the 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 battling of a dragon or a draco or a reptilian that pre-exists in that area or is wild and untamed in and a scourge of that people so uh we are uh as as hostile to reptilians as we are to ourselves so it's an actual extinction that if when we meet when we first developed a cognacy uh for these creatures when we first started understanding them and developing a higher social order uh we set ourselves to war against them uh, hostilities are prevalent uh and the stronghold that they had on Earth was was shattered by the Mayan, uh, Mexo-American uh, uh, space program, the, the spacefaring peoples, the wingmakers of the North Americas, the South Americas, the Western Hemisphere. It's a more accurate description, the people of the Western Hemisphere, which is a combination of Inca, Maya, and Aztec culture. And their local regional... Uh, communities and and kingdoms were destroyed in Europe uh, during the Great Crusades and during the, the dragon slaying quests of the Arthurian period and um, a lot of Roman work uh, went to destroying a lot of their cities like the city of uh, Carthage and um, and Jerusalem when it was raised and uh, you know a number of other kingdoms uh, that basically had a lot of reptilian proof of their existence. Mankind uh, has always outnumbered them, and even though they may be ferocious, they have chosen a very naturalistic expression of it, uh, focusing on biological weaponry and biological engineering, uh, basically to create life forms that suit a purpose, because life forms to them are more complex machines than just mechanical inventions. But it's been a case that... We've only encountered a fringe of their of, of their uh, real presence, fighting their guard dogs, basically fighting their uh, battle genetics, their their battle breeds, and uh, their war breeds, which are a little more than just beasts of burden, a little more than uh, genetically created and preserved uh, species of dinosaur and species of uh, natural like crocodilian and, and giant snake serpent type creatures which they would put into areas to create and sow a panic uh, they 
<laughs> their true nature is one of cunning and strategy and planning um, more so than their physical presence on any on any given place they're a trans dimensional creature they're a true trans dimensional creature in which they are 50% on an astral realm at any given time and they can exist in a 4D uh, cognizance that they can't act on a 4D cognizance they can they can they can see the future basically and see the past of their own past clearly as of just you know just watching a movie but they can't act on it they, because 50% is locked into the, the 3D matrix. And uh, they use this to uh, convey knowledge. And uh, they are really influential into secret societies uh, across the world for the, the, the whole of the human race. Uh, so even though we physically confront them and try to destroy them on and basically every conceivable timeline on Earth and the occasion that we can, uh, they are always there working in the in the mystery schools in the ancient uh, um, religious you know uh, aspects of the human race because they are aware that humans are not born as metaphysically gifted as they are they we are not trans-dimensional beings we exist almost completely on the 3d and our astral potential isn't really tapped unless it's trained unless it sees examples um unless it's educated and they've taken the place as a great educator uh which is um uh, been a great it's been it's been their main strategy it's been their main focus on how to deal with us as an intelligent species is that instead of being outwardly hostile and trying to purge us from their territories or purge us from their the, this planet they realized that they could just control us hypnotically and and put themselves as the as the symbol of a true spiritual um uh, uh, benefactor as a god that's you know uh, a god that's directly created the human race when in reality they're imposters and um, every ancient mystery school from ancient Egyptian to Atlantean to Lemurian to uh, you know go uh, Wiccan, Gallic um, Celtic uh, Germanic any kind of uh, theosophy, any kind of Gnosticism, uh, Middle Eastern, the Far Eastern, um, Hindu, the Buddhism, to the Aborigines, there's always the spirit form, and the spirit form is a uh, extremely powerful and ruling entity until you get to uh, Abrahamic religion, until you get to uh, Christianity specifically, so it's got a huge tradition around the world of uh, reptilians having come into people's um, uh, mental realms, their astral realms, their spiritual realms, using their psionics and hypnotizing, you know, us in our cradle. And there's this, the, the the battle of the eagle and the serpent, which is this huge archetype. And that's why I believe that Mesoamerica was the first to kind of rebel, uh, and they achieved a kind of a spirituality, a heightened spirituality that that separated them from the rest of mankind, and that they developed the ability to see 
the illusion, see the matrix that the reptilians were putting them into, uh, matrix spirituality. And then they were able to uh, rebel and uh, eventually develop their own technology to resist them and to uh, shatter their hold on the world to allow us to join the Ashtar High Command. And, um, but yeah, uh, basically the Battle of the Eagle and the Serpent. Uh, as you can tell that the, the, the false dialectic, the black and the white uh, serpents that make up, say, for example, the Eastern um, traditions are... Like they're just they, they 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 bind and they confuse and they blind mankind because we try to work on an ideal or work towards an ideal using a fake schematic using a uh, erroneous map. Uh, Don Juan, uh, you know Carlos Casanada said that uh, you know when he's, he's talking to Don Juan the Brujo that that shamanistic knowledge in Mesoamerica and South America was uh, aware of four. You know, great evils to a man if he's seeking knowledge, if he's seeking wisdom. The four are fear, uh, clarity, power, and exhaustion. And those four uh, cardinal directions are what the serpent cults and the ancient mysteries cause people to experience when achieving spiritual apotheosis so um when people are maturing spiritually into meditative states of power like learning how to lucid dream learning how to do remote view they are typically caught within the realm of the matrix the, the 3d physical matrix that um that the reptilians are causing inside your head because they're programming your belief system and creating these dualities, creating these false dualities, these binaries that, um, and they've been doing it since, you know, the beginning of most civilizations, and that you falter, that you don't actually acquire the knowledge necessary to master, you know, this this supernatural power that everyone has to, you know, gain pilotship of the uh, Merkaba, the body uh, vessel, the body UFO, because it's like, like the, the serpents have always uh, been represented as wrapping themselves around the roots of the tree of life, uh, wrapping themselves around uh, creation of mankind itself uh, from the serpent in the garden of Adam and Eve, that it's inside the garden, so it's aware of, you know, the truth of spiritual enlightenment, and it's manipulating mankind from the very start. And uh, the Gnostics would have you believe that this is for the best and that we have to master uh, the Draganic inside, you know, reptilian, the interior, uh, reptilian, uh, reptiloid, uh, primitive uh, spiritual powers of physicality and lust. And ultimately it comes by a sense of like uh, emotional, like, uh, superiority and supremacy to other people but uh then that's like the the whole point of this like dark side of the occult type thing and this alchemical thing is that it's a it's ultimately for the rush of power or it's ultimately for the pursuit of clarity for clarity's sake uh you know as an explanation uh, for one for why one does things instead of uh the ability to see what one is doing 
um, that that's so complex it causes exhaustion, and it's so um, intoxicating that the knowledge of it can can uh, make you abuse power on Earth or make you feel like you have power on Earth. And that's what these ancient mysteries, that's what these uh, Kabbalistic um, Middle Eastern, you know, magics, these Manichaean, um, Zoroastrian um, schools of thought. And that's basically uh, the why Babylon was considered a mystery. Well, Mystery of Babylon. Mystery of Babylon was the earliest description of, um, of these mystery schools which were opposed to God's original plan for human spirituality so that he called the people who were in Babylon, you know, uh, you know, uh, aligned with the great whore because it was just so uh, convoluted and it was so uh, adulterated. And that this was the basis for a lot of our social uh, systems, a lot of our social structure, even from the ideas of our marriage and our uh, desires and what we consider stable and secure, like having a job or employment, all created by reptilian um, reptilian agents uh, working to subdue mankind's abilities to combat them and to resist them because they prey on us. And to make it easier to prey on us, they created, or make it more profitable to prey on us, uh, they created the RH negatives through a series of breeding. And they've been controlling our genetics. They have been controlling our genetics through uh, breeding programs that we're just now understanding uh, are manifesting as alien abductions uh, with, you know, semen and egg collection and uh, abductees. But... um, Really, it can go to choosing who impregnates who, you know, on, on the outside in the real world. Who marries who, who has affairs with what person whenever they need to, to collect that, that zygote. That, and they may not let it come to term, but at the same time, they've created society so that they can easier prey on it. They can easier exploit it, uh, tailor make it to their, to their liking. Because this is how they work. They wouldn't. They wouldn't um, find it profitable to eradicate us uh, and exterminate us. They wouldn't find it profitable to let us be free. But they find a, a profitability into letting us exist, but benefiting by exploiting us, by benefiting by enslaving us. And as you can see here, because they're 50% uh, transdimensional, they can do this uh, thing where they can basically just overpower a person's uh, mind, overpower a person's uh, spirit, spirit, creates the typical demon possession, and then uh, use that person uh, to to fulfill their own desires and the material realm that they've sacrificed to gain, uh, you know, power in this astral realm. And that's why the world's elite, and that's why the world's ruling class uh, have existed uh, contrary to the benefit of mankind in a lot of examples, a lot of, in history, a lot of places, and that's why hedonism exists, that's why people are almost driven insane by their, by their, um, desires and their lusts on this earth, and that's why everyone who seeks this wealth is because the examples that they created, uh, you know, were tailor-made, and, and there wasn't human beings responsible for this. Even though human beings now are, are, are replacing them, 
their old roles, taking their taking the roles they've left behind because a lot of the reptilians have had been forced to flee, been forced to, you know, seek shelter and exile themselves from the earth. Uh, but that's the nature of the beast, is that they'll rather retreat than confront you on, on any kind of level. Uh, but the physicality of the beast is something also to, to know. You know, you have to know what it looks like to know the, the form and to understand the function. And, um, you know, it, it, it just, uh, just as they are a threat on the astral level, they are also quite hostile and uh, dangerous in the physical realm. Uh, they typically stand between 7 to 8 feet tall. Uh, uh, they can get much taller. Uh, 12 foot to 15 foot to 20 foot has been recorded uh, dependent on their age and their uh, their genetic uh, breeding. Some have been genetically altered to be much, much bigger. Some have been genetically altered to be much, much smaller. Um, typically, they're very serpentine in appearance. They're bipedal. Uh, they have the humanoid um, logic of body construction, although they have, can genetically alter their bodies uh, within a rapid time frame, a very short time frame, so that they can actually grow extra sets of arms or wings or, uh, you know, gills to survive in the water. Um, basically whatever they need uh, for the time being um, they cover themselves in a thing that's like 4D armor it's uh, a magnetic ferrous liquid metal and they, the, it's controlled um, by their minds they have a chip and they have you know cybernetics already and they, they develop a type of symbiosis between uh, themselves by letting themselves be parasitically bonded to it because it, it exists you know on their gen genetic material it exists basically eating them as it operates but that's a sacrifice that they uh, are willing to make because it allows them to um, like I said like alter their bodies uh, create limbs um, form protective coating like an, an armored coating uh, provide um you know, uh, extended survival measures, uh, increases in stamina, uh, reaction time, things like that. In fact, they have been reported, and by many people, to move so fast that the human eye has trouble tracking them, or the human mind has the trouble uh, registering that a creature could actually uh, move or accelerate or jump, uh, you know, leap that quickly or that far or that fast. And that powerfully, um, it seems that they just kind of glitch in and out of reality. Uh, they could be a, a, a side effect of their mental capacity. They create a, basically a, a gigantic fog of confusion and anxiety. And they mess with people's senses sometimes, uh, creating a temporary blindness. Uh, they've know, been known to uh, use chemical weaponry, biological warfare. Um, radiological warfare they kind of uh, scramble people's uh, heads mess with your orientation gets you feeling lost and and you know uh, that way too uh, like I said they are more likely to take prisoners and they're more likely to take uh, people alive than they are to kill uh, it's not that they don't have a killer instinct they don't seem to have any remorse or guilt or uh, hesitation 
to to kill, but they prefer when uh, encountering their targets. If they choose, they desire to take someone, they will, you know, prevent uh, any harm from happening to that person as they take them. Uh, they will uh, harvest people in mass uh, and not hurt, like not mortally wound uh, anyone. Um, they do treat people cruelly. They don't have any kind of uh, uh, sympathy or, or weakness when it comes to uh, the way they treat their captives. If, say, for example, a person gets on one of their ships and is given tumors or, or you know, a fatal dose of radiation uh, from being in their environment, they love radiation. They, they love uh, very hostile, chemical, corrosive atmospheres. If their slaves are being uh, poisoned, or um, their slaves are, are suffering exposure uh, because they're ill-equipped or their malnourishment. It doesn't really bother them uh, as long as they're alive. That's what they really care about. They don't really care about ideas of wellness or illness. It, they're just basically living or dead. Uh, the soldier class is much stupider, much simpler. Uh, most of their mind and mental powers are used to... Uh, focus on uh, understanding timelines and strategies and and uh, the warrior spirit and things like that. Uh, they do have a, a thinking class, a planning class, an industrial class. They're basically a caste system uh, based and they're bred in giant spawning pools because interesting that their children are actually uh, more powerful than their parents combined so that if they have natural births the children in each progressive generation are more intelligent and more spiritually capable and more physically powerful than their parents that preceded them, right? And so that the ruling class of Draco is typically natural-born and has been natural-born and continued bloodline for millennia, while the weaker social status creatures like your frontline soldiers, your uh, cleaners, your, your workers, your slaves, your, you know... Uh, uh, various varieties and purposes are generally firstborn, first spawn, um, first generation spawned uh, reptilians, and they're basically just beasts of burden. They have a awareness of their spiritual powers, but at the same time, they have to be uh, very tightly supervised and very, uh, very educated on even the most basic tasks before they can, you know, master them. They exist in hollow earth uh, caverns and caves, but when they can, they they uh, they use the same material as their 40 armor to create these spires, these gigantic towers of uh, hives of these communal-like existence, and they're they're extremely tall, uh, taller than any building man has ever made, really. Uh, they do it because the material is a biologically growing, um, uh, extremely. Uh, strong uh various magnetic material so it's basically magnetic magnetic architecture that creates the the different levels and rooms and things like that for the buildings they use the same magnetic material to create uh ships um their ships are follow the same designs as aerodynamics as ours uh so using you know uh they don't use a lot of anti-gravity they have to basically work within the physical world that we do um uh, so that's good, you know, that, that, that they haven't really uh, broken the laws of physics yet. Uh, a lot of their designs are reminiscent of ours uh, through convergent evolution. Uh, but at the same time, these are just examples. Uh, the artwork and stuff, these aren't really, like, you know, proof of it. But um, they do have uh, 
crafts that look like helicopters, crafts that look like jets, crafts that look like uh, ships and things like that. Um, you know, like uh, like, like zeppelins and and um, airliners and things. Uh, it, they run the gambit, uh, just like anyone else. Uh, trying to create um, vessels to work inside the aerospace, you know, uh, conditions of, of low orbit, high orbit. Um, a lot of their their bullets, their their weaponry, is uh, the same material as well. And um, like I said, they, they, they're more likely to shoot you with a uh, with a poisoned bullet, or more likely to go for accuracy, like a like a marksman type thing they're not really into obliteration they're not really into annihilation they're not really into overpowering a, a enemy with uh with rapid fire or with you know gigantic explosions uh they do create very durable equipment and their vehicles are typically huge they're typically mammoth uh, vehicles uh but they operate on a like one by one basic a lone wolf type basis like they're not really big into squadrons or big into like huge frontal maneuvers because um like their whole idea is stealth their whole idea is uh having high quality equipment and high quality troops but just not having a lot of them exposed at any one time so the they really don't let you get a gauge on any kind of uh, motivation or any kind of uh, technology. They're very, they're very uh, shy to engage. Like I said, but they're also they're not invincible, and they know that. They know that humans outnumber them. They know that we've already defeated them uh, with the Mayan Aztec space program, and they know that they do suffer losses when they have engagements with the Solar Warden, with the, with the Dark Fleet, with uh, the Ashtar High Command, and uh, like I said, typically. Their strength is to stay in the in the caverns and the hollow earth and the shadows that they have already defended, and to work psionically, and to work in on the mindscape on the dreamland uh, level to the interdimensional level, the quantum level to achieve their means. If they have to rely on hostilities, they have already lost the war in their mind frame. Uh, they've already lost a lot of territory in a war between them and the Greys. Uh, they created the Greys as an AI type of android uh, slave as a functionary. It's why they need workers is because the, the Greys have already rebelled. Uh, the Greys have already um, caused them to lose a lot of their land because using their AI intelligence and using their, uh, their lack of empathy and their lack of uh, uh, you know, mercy, and um, they're psionically null. They have no real spirit to be manipulated or to be affected by the reptilians. Um, the reptilians really only keep the greys back uh, because they have greys that they, they've currently made compliant, that they still have loyal to them. Uh, they can freshly create greys to counter greys when, when they encounter them because the greys do give them a hard time. They do give them a lot of uh, fear. Um, you know, they've started manipulating mankind to help out with their efforts with providing technology to our military to perform abductions. They, uh, hope to, um, you know, ingratiate themselves with, with mankind's burgeoning independence. Uh, they're trying to create a lot of, uh, alternative timelines 
that we can we can uh, see as examples of their benevolence as, as their proof of good wealth because like I said they're not really wanting to engage in an all out hostile like race war they don't want a spatial uh, war like a genocide performed against them um, they want to coexist in our but they want to coexist with them being supreme in that relationship uh, the greys saw through them saw them as a threat I uh, decided that the only hope for the great survival was the destruction and eradication of the reptilians, and they performed a genocide whenever they could. Uh, this, I believe, coincided with the Mayan uh, Aztec awakening. Uh, the greys are now um, kind of chasing them, kind of chasing the reptilians around, because I told you the reptilians have this huge colony uh, network. This, this vast array of, of global kingdoms, empires, and tribes in the Kyber Belt on the Martian uh, surface and on Jupiter's moons. Um, the reptilians are starting to uh, cross-breed the genetics of mankind and reptilians to create, like, ambassadors and emissaries. And even though I consider them an enemy, they have made a lot of alliances with uh, the, the Earth's militaries, particularly the U.S. militaries, the U.K. militaries, the, the international Atlantis-type fleets that exist um, inside, like, you know, our Stargate program. Um, our SSP program and um, they've created a lot of technology that we use in creating super soldiers so we can, they rent them out basically, they, they sell the clones to reptilians uh, and the reptilians then can use them to better learn about humanity or to create better spies uh, uh, they have a really, really strong alliance with the Dark Fleet with the Waffen um, the, the, the SS space fleet, the night, the night waffen, um, and they, they taught them the Vril. They were the initial teachers of the Vril energy, uh, and how to control it and manipulate it using, um, psychic means. And so they don't have to use supercomputers and they don't have to use, uh, uh, you know, anything more than, than red mercury and plasma to create limitless energy. Uh, Ashtar High Command has tried to limit the use of Vril throughout the universe because Vril is like a, like a it's like a secret weapon. It's like, a, like an ace in your sleeve. It's a, no, it's like the ace of spades. It's a, it's a, this death card that when it's pulled, Vril, if appropriately used, is unstoppable. And the reptilians know that. That's how the reptilians harness and power their, their hives and their craft and their, that 4D technology, uh, that they, the, the various liquid metal that, you know, that, that serves them so well is that they create, uh, Vril and they, they harvest the louche from the human race to help Vril, um, Vril output, you know, they can Vril performance. And um, Ashtar High Command has put spies on the on the Earth uh, specifically to stop reptilians doing this and to stop and to weaken the reptilian um, uh, use of Rill. Uh, that's why the Ashtar High Command has a lot of hostilities with the not not Waffen, and that's why um, they they have a huge distrust of the Dark Fleet is because of the use of Rill, and they discourage the use of Rill and Solar Warden, and but. Um, Solar Warden deals with the Nautwaffen, deals with the Dark Fleet, 
in, in, in providing human beings that will that will then become real masters and real real vessels uh, to to serve in the Notwaffen in exchange for the benefits of, of, of their materials technology the, the technology they create the materials that they find and and um, harvest um, basically uh, whenever the Astra High Command uh, came to this 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 power they have they immediately try to suppress the reptilians and suppress their their off-world activity by you know destroying ships uh blockading planets and then you know strongholds um limiting their power and when they did that they couldn't collect and harvest slaves anymore really they could still met um metaphysically abuse people and control them and they were manipulating human beings timeline but they could no longer actually harvest them and thus they needed to create the greys so basically the ashtar high command is responsible for the reptilian purge and genocide and um and uh their downfall of their mighty empire so the reptilians hate the ashtar command but they'll they're willing to work and they're willing to uh, commit this the sense of diplomacy because they're strategic and they don't really act on uh, emotions of like, jealousy and anger outwardly but they're conspir they're conspiratorial they'll they're willing to uh, align themselves with certain elements inside the human governments inside uh, the world governments inside the the Ashtar command itself and uh, and provide and and try to tempt them and provide um, uh, seduction that way, like into uh, biological warfare, chemical warfare, um, the the creation of um, you know dark desired technologies, dark desired uh, uh, abilities, and things like that. They're more willing to create, for example, a zombie apocalypse uh, using virological weaponry and release it into a population than they are to, like, for example, uh, invade it, you know, come from the, 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 the sky in ships and destroy it, like, Independence Day style. Uh, they're more likely to create a, uh, a, uh, apocalyptic religious-type scenario, uh, in which they, they try to take the place, uh, as devils, they try to take the place as, uh, some great supernatural force, um, to, to destroy people's morale and resisting them than they are to actually engage them as equals or as um, or as uh, you know political rivals you know for the domination of a planet for territory they're more likely to take the spiritual side of things like an artistic like not artistic but like you know a, a very creative solution to just being like oh we're an evil reptilian alien that needs people to to uh, suck the vril out of, you know, while we try to create uh, supernatural biological technologies. And uh, this is why the Aztec and the Mayan uh, had a war against them, uh, because they saw through their bullshit. They saw through the, the massive need for human life and sacrifice, and they also got their vril abilities, uh, probably from the greys. Uh, they, they gathered their ability to use psionics. And, um, the reptilians, uh, you said, they use like massive ships, but they, they have lone wolf type tactics. You never see like an armada. You never saw like, uh, you know, um, a, a giant squadron 
are uh, a fleet of these reptilian vessels on the surface or in these contested areas, and uh, their ground presence was minimum. Um, they would have soldiers, they would have these armored vehicles, they, but they would usually rely on hit-and-run harassments. Uh, they would try to harry the enemy, they would try to create orbital bombardments, like uh, very accurate orbital bombardments, but the fighting spirit of the Maya excelled and uh, ultimately bested them. They forced most of them underground. They forced uh, most of them, they followed them into their caverns, they chased them into their caves, they formed societies underground uh, to counter them, to act like uh, uh, police wardens and, and to, to enforce their power, and they stayed. And the Mayan civilization still exists today on Earth as a rogue nation. They, they were the first ones to communicate with the Ashtar High Command, and... Uh, uh, they basically, they, they, their dominion is the hollow earth, and they're very, uh, they're very, uh, satisfied with that, but, you know, their, their culture is, is on equal footing authoritarian, on, uh, with authority as the USA, as the UK, as with Russia, or with China, or Japan, um, and, and their speaker space programs, they're equally represented, uh, and basically, uh, they are trying to free mankind, but mankind is still beholden culturally to the reptilian empire, to the reptilian gods, to Isis and Sumer and uh, Zozo and uh, those Babylonian uh, creations of the reptilian fallen angels. And basically, mankind's one way of defeating them is going to be to decentralize, uh, to destroy the urban hive mind that they've created, this urban desire inside man, because they operate best in cities, and to return to an alternative uh, system of, of society, because we need to create independently from our, tr our traditions and our cultural heritage and what they have already told us they want from us because what they've told us they want from us as an exploitation is a uh, attempt at creating weakness inside our communities and trying to uh, attempt at creating weakness inside ourselves uh, they've created our addictions to hedonism to drugs to the weakness of of uh, you know, unnutritious food to uh, having unhealthy habits, uh, having unhealthy uh, friends, un having unhealthy uh, associations or desires. Uh, we need to reach our potential individually and in communities and as a system of nations uh, because we need to start being aware that we exist, uh, that we can exist um, multidimensionally, you know, in a higher density type state. And it's just going to take ourselves becoming stronger without the seduction of these reptilians. Um, basically, they've used us for enough for, for as long as they could. And, you know, we're not going to take it anymore. We're, gonna, we're going to defeat them, finally. There's been rumors of war in 1987. God bless you. Thank you for taking this ride with me. Please like and subscribe. Hey, remember, iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Be kind to each other, and be good out there.
prepare yourself for rumors of war 1987 greetings everyone out there in dreamland this is rumors of war 1987 back again with know the enemy orion draco reptilians this is the part two uh follow-up on the first video i just did and um it's going to focus more on species and individual specifics a little bit more on the armament and to be honest i could talk about this subject for days there is so much to cover and each particular uh faction and species they're very nuanced they're very niche and you have to take this just a summary even though it is a uh you know an overview it is still bullet points, it's still a summary of the the amount of data that I am recovering and the amount of data that I learned while in the SSP, the Secret Space Program and Solar Warden for the U.S. Navy as a intelligence specialist of some kind. Uh, because, like I said, I, I do this meditation, I do this guided meditation, I do memory recovery, I do self-hypnosis, and it is a floodgate opening up. The Libby's broke, uh in 2019 and i'm sorry to recover these memories very clearly um that, that had been poisoned but with hedonism i had been poisoned with sex drugs and rock and roll and uh money and the vice of carnal existence and um <clears throat> really in 2014 i started my spiritual development and recovery uh, from the military programming, from the Draco parasites, from the uh, Illuminati, ancient mystery school fetishization that that I had been raised with, with the MK Ultra programming, with being indoctrinated on a genetic level from the very beginning. Uh, basically, uh, I think switched at birth to be raised in such an environment where it was easy for them to monitor, control, exploit, manipulate, and then uh, decide for me or rob me of my free will. Uh, get me into the new age movement get me into a duality of life and death worship and then get me completely on the side of death uh, worship and death cultism because of a broken heart and with a manipulated uh, reality uh, that ties directly into the Draco because that was tactics that all the Draco used to control the human race and they've been using to control the human race since the very beginning of mankind um, I believe the Draco have always been here they have basically created our concepts of lust and desire and uh turned our leaders turned our materially wealthy people onto their side because they can pilot and program individuals to suit their desires and to create uh higher standards of opulence and decadence and hedonism uh like they did with the roman empire like they did with the uh, the Hebrews, uh, they did with the Canaanites, what they did with the ancient Egyptians, as they hardened their heart and they confused them with mystery Babylon, with the witchcrafts. Uh, each individual reptilian, or Orion Draco rather, is spiritual, is a religious being. Uh, the first breeds, the first uh, spawned members of their caste are... Uh, non adept at it. They're just like regular human beings when it comes to uh, free will and, and mental capacity. But as they successfully breed and further their generations, they become more than flesh and blood. They become 50% of a transdimensional movement. And uh, they start kind of awakening to these higher levels of themselves, these higher densities of themselves. 
on the 3D material realm, the thing that we need to realize is that they are flesh and blood. They are a predator, uh, adapted to ecosystems, adapted to uh, survive and to thrive, but they are not invincible. They are flesh, blood, bone, teeth, and spit, saliva, and they require uh, cardinal satisfaction of their basic needs. They require uh, fresh blood, fresh uh, meat. Uh, the blood protein is their is their preferred choice. They're vampiric, and so they they have a breeding program for humans. They have a slave program for humans. They deal with the the earth power SSPs in uh, tribal tribal ways to gather and collect slaves. They deal slaves amongst themselves, and um, they can free range hunt and poach humans in their in their mutilation um, projects and their abduction project efforts. They are intimidating. They are uh, quite fearsome. They uh, are quite skilled. Each one has hundreds of years of experience uh, on an average. Some have been bred specifically for the purpose of dealing with what they would consider um, other ultra-terrestrials, other other members of, of some kind of a, a space program, say Astra High Command or the Greys, which they created. Individually, on a tribe system, they, they have different appearances. They're not wildly different, but say, for example, they commit uh, body modification surgery, they, they like tattoos, they like different variants of the 4D armor, they like different um, uh types of dress in different situations um, they have different tactics but generally they fit a, a uniform way of being which makes them distinct as a species as a, as a reptilian species they do travel with human slaves they do travel with an entourage of enslaved intelligent life uh, they seek to create diplomacy using slaves or they, they, they basically use them as middlemen learning languages learning cultures learning habits um, as they develop in a colony or a caste system uh, type spire, uh, these spire cities are uh, roughly the same dimensions as a human earth society, uh, city, a major human earth city in terms of population, in terms of uh, complexity and function and self-regulation, but also in terms of loyalty to a greater system, a greater tribe state, a greater uh, governance. Um, most who are born inside the caste system, inside the colony system, never leave the colony. Most reptilians live and die 20 miles from where they're born. Uh, they're considered basically ignorant of their real status in, in the galaxy, real status in um, the solar system, uh, more so than the average human being, because the average human being has the chance of awakening to the to the Akashic Records truth and to seeing enlightenment or having Gnosis brought to them. But the best that a reptilian can do is be bred into a fortunate role of, say, a fighter or a, a, a space pilot, you know, a, basically a vessel pilot and or an elite or religious elite to gain access to the, the knowledge of their real species, to gain access to the abilities of their real species. Uh, their engineers um, are very technologically advanced they basically worship technology and they've created what they think is the penultimate of technology the 4d uh armor in which they can the 4d uh quantum goo the programmable matter 
which they create gliders, they create uh, troop transports of various sizes, land trains, out of nowhere, railways, subways. Uh, they create the colony itself out of sporty armor. Uh, it's powered by Rill. And uh, it can achieve amazing speeds. It, it defies uh, most capabilities of, you know, requirements for G-forces and things like that, weight requirements. Uh, it can achieve amazing effects when it comes to uh, vehicle maneuverability and uh, capacity for lifting and for armament. Um, they build these, these, these ships that, which are basically like floating... Um, aircraft carriers and they 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 issue in mass uh, formations of these things because ultimately one the the lack of knowledge presentation the the fact that they're not there is a great uh, asset to them is a great strategic choice for them they make appearances uh and have contacts on the on the human governments they've started officially being um allies with the Third Reich and with the German SSP program, the Reich SSP program, by gifting them Vril. So they, they do trade technology. They do they do have a economy, a war uh, industrial economy, in which they're able to trade with human beings. And the decision that the human beings are already achieving these, uh, these feats through the collection of relics from Nibiru, from Venusian contact with the Ashtar High Command, with contact from rogue greys, which they created but rebelled against them. And so, to manipulate and control, to steer mankind's uh, development, they've positioned themselves as great benefactors to a few. They used to have colonies and city-states and uh, tribes uh on Earth, particularly Antarctica, particularly the deserts of Africa, the Nile River, and particularly uh, the, the Patagonian region of South America, but they were pushed underground, they were pushed to the hollow Earth territories by uh, Mayans who were effectively rebelling spiritually against them, the Mesoamerica space program, which is the predecessor of the human, uh, of, the, of the USA and the, the UK space program. As a rogue space program, um, they rather their weakness was when they come to combat. They rather take humans as prisoners. They rather take people alive, and that they, while superior, while they are superior individually, are quite elite in their number, or quite few in their number, and um, they rely on intimidation. They rely on stealth and uh, covert action, and overpower their enemies with uh, electrical stun type weaponry. Or use electricity to as a destructive weaponry, shooting bolts of lightning out, uh, you know, taking down machinery, frying circuitry, uh, whatever have you. Whatever they need, they can. They use scalar weaponry, which is a also a Tesla type invention, which is suspicious because Tesla might have been getting his information from reptilians or Orion Draco to try to uh, create uh, in man a, a type of allegiance to him. And this warfare uh, type uh, capacity, war fighting type capacity, uh, <coughs> they're one of the few species that their ruling class is actually stronger, smarter, and uh, more more cunning and more brilliant in their achievements than the working class or than the average class of their their species. Uh, they're like an inverted pyramid, where at the very top they have the most resources, most power, most ability. Uh, the 4D armor is um, really the, 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 
the, the religious icon slash, uh, uh, you know, that that's their greatest achievement. That's their greatest engineering achievement is this 4D quantum armor. It can shape, it can be programmed to shape shift into various forms to fit various purposes. It can be individually grafted onto the specific individuals, uh, soldiers primarily, but everyone from technicians to engineers to the religious class each gets one. It forms their colonies as a type of programmable construction material. Um, the cities are then able to be self-cleaning, self-efficient, uh, produce their own energy. Uh, they do produce a lot of caustic uh, environmental hazards so that if they're on the surface, they contaminate the land and terraform it for their own purposes, which the conditions around these colonies, these black goobans, are highly radiological and they're highly corrosive. Um, it's a very aggressive, sentient matter. And without the magnetic uh, programming, the leash that that controls this matter, it will go uh, chaotic and it will continue to grow exponentially, devouring organic material to replicate itself and its mass. In fact, when it's given to people... Uh, uh, when it's captured, when the material has been captured and re re uh, and uh, and basically recovered from crash sites and from down enemies, um, it's been proven to be very caustic. It's been proven to be very corrosive to the human body. It tries to act parasitically and graft itself to the internal organs, replacing them in some cases entirely. And... Um, even a drop on the bare human skin will eventually convert the, the entire human biomass into uh, this 4D programmable matter unless uh, the, the person who has it as a, as a psychic or has alien DNA, ET DNA, um, reptilian DNA through some kind of crossbreeding program to give them uh, uh, some kind of control over it. Um, when it's put on an individual, it will, like I said, convert the organs and convert, say, for example, the epidermis, the skin, convert uh, the ner nervous system and start leaching uh, energy, metabol metab uh, metabolic energy, the metabolism of the creature, uh, until it's, it's destroyed that creature over time. Generally, they're, they're a very long-lived species and they have a lot of durability. But this is a big component to why they die, and it's an exchange. The more 4D technology they get, slash the more corrosive or corroded and um, depleted they are of life force. Uh, like I said, it's been used to create um, uh, construction platforms and material. These the subway systems are created because it bores through rock. Uh, when people have discovered it, they've been completely possessed and eaten by it. As if though it is a carnivorous animal, like it was carnivorous entity, but it's not organic at all. It's a it's a type of um, type of living carbon. It's a type of like it's a crystal. It's an obsidian, but in a liquid form. Um, some some reptilians are addicted to it, and some are worship it. And they when they worship it, their their cults are basically uh, completely converted by it. Uh, they've achieved most of their cultural uh, 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 enlightenment, most of their cultural uh, awareness and their religious, spiritual aspects through their use of this 4D. It's become the foundation for their society's uh, wisdom, their, their society's uh, existence is this 4D. And in, t in turn, they appreciate, they treat it like a god or a gift from the gods. They do have their own cosmology. They do have their own uh, 
system of pantheonic uh, religion. They do have their own uh, ethics and values and morals. And they create art. They create music. They create terms of this, of uh, sacrificing their life and pursuing um, this expression of their truth. Just like people, they have a they have a written language. They have a spoken language, and it varies between tribes. But just like how human beings have a different language that varies between human tribes and human nations, ultimately they have a very centered species expression in which so you could call it the single human essence of art or the single human experience of music um they too have a reptilian sense of art and a reptilian sense of music and a reptilian sense of spirituality and they have influenced the human senses of these th same things so deeply that it's hard to not see humanity as a spiritual inheritor of the orion draco enlightenment this enlightenment, which was caused with their grafting of the 4D black goo programmable matter. Their species is found fundamentally controlled by their access and their abilities to harness this 4D programmable matter. And it's... Um, and it's corrosive effects, it's hostile environmental effects are what they desire it's what they think is the the most perfect environment for them and um it's incredibly ancient they they've had these colonies in the system of of existence for millions of our of our solar years for millions of the earth's years and uh before humans had even properly been created they were already existent as a dominant force uh in this world uh, they have been involved with humanity forever, acting as shepherds, acting as uh, inspiration, acting as forces beyond our control, and exterminators uh, and assassins when they necessary. They, they use this 40 to great effect in that way, since it's programmable, and since it's completely... Uh, Inherently, unlike anything mankind can create or harness yet with our technology, with our industry, um, it does a biblically um, powerful uh, form of mind control and uh, population control. Um, basically, like this image, they use it as an artillery, they use it as a type of uh, as an armament, as a type of weapon. Um, it's it's akin to a controllable flood, a controllable flooding. Individually, when it's grafted to a reptilian, they can create a type of symbiotic relationship with it, forming typically blade weapons. But they can also before uh, effectively uh, operate and program it to um, create weapon, range weaponry, and they can create uh, a, basically a myriad of imagined uh, violent uh, weaponry and. Um, Using their shock weapons, using their, their electrical weapons, and tell in, in conjunction with it, so they can create, say, for example, a bladed tail that can shoot lightning, or shoots a powerful volt of electricity. They create the exo the frames, and they create the engines, the the mechanics of their ships and their vessels, their 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 land vehicles, and basically anything they they use to operate as a vehicle, and then infuse that frame with the 4D technology. And it acts as the electronics. It acts as the computer. It acts as the um, it acts as the 
the the components which operate in power and fuel the craft so that they've effectively created a, gr a clean energy and um how they harvest more of this for uh, this 4d material uh the the black goo the programmable obsidian is they use human slaves human carcasses either expired uh for various reasons of uh either malnutrition or, or work or abuse or just violent ends they use their human slaves as farms for these this 4d the black goo they Get a, yeah, a person who has a strong vitality, a strong life force, and graft it, graft the 4D in him. The 4D consumes him, converts his biomass into more of the equivalent of the 4D, and they get that 4D, then transplant it into a reptilian or transplant it into a vehicle uh, or, or to create additions to their, their colony spire. And, uh, or, they sh or they sell it because it is a type of uh, resource, a type of wealth. Uh, when it's used as a weapon, they typically use it as an artificial weather. They use it as an artificial flood or a tsunami, uh, basically able to uh, cover a massive amount of ground with it. And through rain, they also create rain or a tornado type effect, like a funnel, a funnel uh, type of uh, vortex, in which when they hit a target, the biomass is stripped and the the acting wave, the acting uh, armament of the 4D wave and whatever form it's taking, either rain or tsunami or type of river or wave, uh, increases its mass by the amount of people it affects. So you have a perpetuating momentous uh, flooding of this 4D goo. And this black goo is just devouring and uh, integrating the material like a locust swarm and these these waves were extremely rare, but they are, um, you know, very dangerous threats to any civilization, any settlement. Um, they are, you know, nigh unstoppable, and they cause horrendous collateral damage. But yes, they use human slaves to create the 4D, which they then use to defeat, uh, you know, their enemies and create the society from the ground up. So basically, it is like a, a symbiotic technology for them. Um, they communicate, and their entertainment is is one and the same, in which they have a kind of hive mind. Uh, it's a type of telepathic uh, enthrallment. And while it looks like to us like they're watching TV or they they're watching movies, they're actually watching the memories and dreams of others in their species, either from the past or in the present or even sometimes the future, if the 4D transition is enough. <clears throat> um, uh, they can range in size very greatly from the typically 7 to 8 feet tall on the short end, and they're typically 12 to, 12 to 14 feet on the tall end, but they can get massive 20 feet, uh, 25 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet tall, uh, you know, upwards to 100 feet long, Depending on the breed, and yes, they do use the 4D technology to support their their body mass and to support these structures. They can form wildly variant uh, types of physical forms, and for whatever specific purpose, they've basically mastered biological engineering. And uh, the 4D uh, technology helps them either uh, create uh, fuel for this type of form or create the functions which this form was designed to accomplish. Typically, they reserve this for uh, war 
uh, fighting potential, war fighting uh, 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 situations, and they have an ideal type, an ideal body type for their everyday existence and for their species identity. But they will create these monstrosities, they will create these aberrations uh, as needed, and they they have patterns which they can rely on to, to exist. Human beings, like I said, they, they suffer from cancers, they suffer from tumors, exposed to these environments, these colony spire environments, these hollow earth environments. Uh, they're extremely caustic to us. Uh, we don't really have a long natural life with them. Um, together, though, they are very peaceful and very communal creatures as long as they're well fed, as long as their basic needs are satisfied, as long as they're not frustrated or provoked uh, through various hostilities. They get along with each other. They're very communal. Of course, every civilization that's intelligent typically does get along with each other. It's hard to understand that these reptilian creatures, which are so cruel to us as a species and so cruel to their prey and so cruel to their slaves and so hostile to other intelligences, are actually, on, on some kind of deep level, um, you know, non-threatening on, on, a, on a majority of their day. They're typically, they're very territorial. This is instinctual uh, inheritance with them. They're very territorial, yet they just typically are not in the the breeding of war. They're not in the breeding of hostilities, not in the breeding conflict. They're in the breeding of uh, fulfilling their their hive, uh, they're fulfilling their spires and their needs. And you might be thinking, well, how can they uh, get such a bad reputation then if they're just like everything else in, in terms of that? It's because every time they encounter people due to their general stealth and their general... Um, uh, shyness and their lack of communication is as a warrior, as a species, as a warfighting species on a war front, or as a threat, or as a danger, or as a hunter, or as something extremely negative, low vibrational density type existence. And they understand that, and they understand that this is a doomed, uh, doomed existence strategy because they are making more enemies and they are making more allies, and they are having harder times keeping. Uh, physical territory, as well as the the astral uh, authority, the the dominance and the authority on the astral realm, and they're having hard times in uh, reproducing former glories and successes, as because every time someone sees them, they see them as a threat. They see them as a the warrior genes, the warrior stock, the warrior breeding, and um, they see them as a predator and a carnivore. Physically, they do have tails. Uh, they do have uh, tailed versions and non-tailed versions. The tailed versions are generally warrior classes. Their arms are typically long with, and with sharp claws. Their legs are generally shorter but more powerful uh, built than, man, uh, than men. Uh, they can achieve great physical speeds. They are vicious and deadly even when they're feral. But their savagery and their power and their physique is usually given over to martial arts. It's given over to the 4D tech so they can have tribal affinities that are... Some tribes are more primal and more feral and they basically are naked, even in their own species definition of the word. Others are more studious, they're more intelligent, they're more intellectual, they're more trained, uh, given over to martial arts uh, philosophies, given over to um, uh, ways of discipline and uh, utilizing potential of the body, manifesting physical perfection, as well as technologically advanced, 
and others are completely technologically devoted. They're, they run on technocracies, and they are more uh, 4D machine at this point than they are reptilian uh, anymore. And like I said, just like human beings, we have tribes in the Amazon, and we have uh, people who are literal cyborgs now, transhumanists. And uh, it's not uncommon for a tribe to have members of every persuasion inside, some believing that technology is the, is the golden grace of their species, and others believing that their physical uh, physica physicality is perfect the way it is. Just like uh, every other intelligent species, there seems to be a, a civil war between them currently. There seems to be many civil wars in the past. They seem to be antagonistic towards each other in different tribes and different gene lines and different appearances, different uh, economic and social positions inside of species. They're very territorial. So two warriors will eventually fight each other if there's no, no one else to fight and there's no higher authority to suppress their killer instinct or suppress their territory and uh, instinct. Now, ironically... They serve as mercenaries in these mixed companies of human beings and um, and the other Draco. And it's not uncommon to see a Draco serving as a mercenary in the Dark Fleet uh, fighting a Orion Draco tribe or acting as scouts during a Orion Draco hostility. It's also not uncommon to see um, Orion Draco sneak attack each other or... Uh, you know, uh, wage preemptive conflict with each other. Now, instead of using weapons of mass destruction, they create these bioforms, which are basically living weapons of mass destruction, serving strategically the same principle. The more they have, the greater deterrent they, they possess. The, the more they show them off and the more they're capable of doing, the, the greater the fear they instill and the intimidation factor they, could, they can uh, impose. They're not invincible. They're not immortal. Uh... But they are titanic in size and scale and scope of destruction. They are possessed with great uh, weaponry and great durability. And uh, they, they are basically their super weapons. Now, like I said before, they, they are not predisposed to just using them whenever. But they are predisposed to creating situations where they will put one of these, these bioweapons, these bioweapon breeds into a civilization that they consider less advanced or less civilized to act as a threat, as a, as a mortal threat or a mortal danger, whether or not this creature ever understands its purpose or understands its origins, it will basically run rampant and run rampage over situations in the communities. Uh, and they can come in as a savior. They can come in as a... Um, as a, just an observer and see and they basically uh, keep people and terrorized that way when they do have open engagements it's usually in defense it's usually a defensive posture but if they do have offenses major battles they try to keep it in situations where they can appear psychologically more intimidating than even a battle between interspecies is like they possess they possess the ability to try to look like devils or they possess the ability to try to uh, get into people's minds with nightmares or to create uh, you know rifts between uh, dimensional planes so that uh, on a 4D astral level people are are having to operate and wage war spiritually as well as physically it's um, 
it's it's acme to their advancement it's key to their advanced uh, abilities of spirit and mind and matter to create uh landscapes which which designated for war uh now even though they're extremely capable in a hostile warfare way they rather not engage in war with us because they view us as a type of a domesticated animal or as a type of flesh uh stock a stock for blood and a stock for uh, genetic materials to try to uh, interbreed with and to create um a hybrid race with because the benefits outweigh the the risks and the benefits outweigh the costs of of fighting and uh, waging a total war between species. Um, yes, uh, normal human beings would be considered rape, and it would be considered uh, forced sexual uh, domestication and breeding on their part, but to us, we're just slaves, we're just cattle. Um, but if, say, for example, mankind and cattle ever waged a war, no matter how smart or capable cattle were, <clears throat> they still view cattle as basically only good for those physical resources for that agriculture. Uh, this way, they've created a, a, a need to intimidate. They created the abilities to um, terrorize, but they also act like a shepherding uh, a force, keeping us in balance or converting uh, our ruling class into a Judas ruling class, which sells us out. Uh, providing for quotas for for individuals and providing for uh, lack of technological progression to keep them satisfied. Um, ultimately, though, their reign really did fall um, during the Mesoamerican Aztec period, and when the Mesoamericans were getting enlightened through their own spiritual discoveries and explorations of the, the astral realm, they reached the Akashic records. They were able to see the reptilians not as gods or not as uh, the true rulers of their earth and their soul, but as a demonic parasite, as the archons of reality that they really were. Uh, the reptilia, the Dracos, uh, the Orion Dracos, tried to create a breeding program. They were kind of caught off guard. Like I said, they really would not create access populations um, to deal with humanity. And they can't rely on each individual to deal with on humanity to deal with humanity in that kind of way. So they had to create a warrior caste. But this warrior caste is first generation and thus less capable than the highly experienced Mayan uh, war machine. And thus, the Mayans were able to accumulate 4D technology and actually successfully graft it onto themselves, making the war uh, an equal tactical. Uh, um, situation a circumstance that um that was extremely hard for them to uh to deal with for them to counter and um basically it it, it created made them create a lot of aberrations and abominations and titans and ultimately um they were they were defeated even though they created these monstrosities they were defeated by uh, the advanced tech of the Mayan and the willpower to fight. But also, a lot of these things were left behind and left rogue as they fleed into the hollow earth or fleed into space, uh, you know, in their colonies abroad. They still have a lot of power abroad. They still have a lot of power, in, say, for example, on Mars and um, the Kyber Belt and in, on Jupiter's moons. But they are routinely chased away from communities now. They're routinely... Uh, pushed away from the, the populations they used to control 
they used to literally come down as reptilian messengers of God from on high. They were the true emissaries of the angelic and the, the heavenly and the cosmic. Uh, they were a dark priest kind of class, a, a elite um, uh, vizier type to the rulers. And they, they instilled them with all the bad habits that humankind's been plagued with, lust of power, um, religious principles that exhaust and, and discourage uh, the pursuit of truth. But um, they were rebelled against, and they are rebelled against. Um, but they do still come around as, uh, for example, occultic uh, priests and occultic uh, cult leaders and uh, demonic influences, things like that, to uh, possess and to arrange uh, for the the improved conditions that their species require. Say they need more people, say they need more slaves, say they need more uh, technological superiority. These things will come and sabotage a community, will come and like undermine the community's development, undermine that, that species' development in major ways. Um, beware the serpent priests, beware their enlightenment, beware their message, uh, beware their gifts. For surely they, they, they only seek to weaken you, even though they sense they come, you know, bearing these releases and bearing these excesses and these pleasures and these hedonisms. Ultimately, they're the iguanoid uh, reptilian priest class, which is typically always featured wearing robes and is generally consistent around every community, every colony community, is um, a type of spiritual assassin, a type of spiritual. Uh, mafioso, keeping you addicted to their system of corruption, keeping you addicted to their system of technology and their gifts and their uh, spiritual guidance. Um, okay, so these, so I guess staging away from their strategy and their religious strategy, going on with their armaments and their weapons, they tend to use chemical weaponry. They tend to use that electrical electrical weaponry. They tend to use, uh, like I said, flames. Uh, like flamethrowers, they typically use uh, infrared to form melted guns, uh, microwaves. Uh, they typically operate as individual warriors within a larger army or a larger warrior class, like samurai or ninjas. They typically operate as extremely skilled um, assassins, specifically targeting individual command elements and their weaponry and their their tactics are extremely dangerous. They have terrorized human beings from various uh, points in time, various generations, on the colonies of Mars, on the colonies of Jupiter, uh, Jupiter's moons, on the colonies of the Kyber Belt, to the point that any any travel, any operation involving exposure from bunkers or from automated security is uh is hazardous to one's health is to put oneself in danger and put one's uh life in their in their hands because um particularly the british secret space program when they were forming their colonies were were harassed and raided almost complete completely to extinction because uh, they started, they haven't started to rely on mercenaries. They started having to rely on private military companies because it became too risky to to station uh, people on uh, close to their territories. They they like said they view it as a hunt. They view it as a as a as a uh, chance to gain glory and to gain uh, 
the adrenochrome from people's bloods. They, they, they gain slaves if they capture people alive. And they, they actually forced treaties onto us to stop these raids and to stop this, uh, this, this guerrilla warfare, which is uh, thankfully being rejected now with the new Space Force uh, that, that America is uh, posi uh, positioning as an offensive uh as offensive organization, as offensive branch in the Pentagon, uh, they are, but they, they enforce these treaties to exchange slaves, to exchange uh, the, the, the hunting grounds, as they refer to them, on Earth. And so they were able to come down to Earth for a few decades and uh, harvest human beings from their homes with the government's permission, with the, with the government of, governments of the world's permission. And, um, just for our colonies to be safe, just for our off-planet colonies with their uh, valuable, uh, valuable resources and uh, and work that they needed to accomplish to be safe, because even though we're able to defeat them in in most scenarios, open combat and things, they still pose a significant threat and danger um, to any settlement, any civilization that isn't. Uh, particularly very large and particularly very uh, well equipped to to survive sieges and to survive um, total war. Uh, like I said, typically we hope to engage them in defended positions. We hope to engage them in open warfare, uh, using our technology to equalize the threat of their soldier class. But they refer rely on terrorism. They 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 regularly attack and destroy with little regard to collateral damage. They're uh, stratagem to dealing with human colonization is a war of terror, is a war of um, taking hostages, taking prisoners, um, taking uh, taking uh, highly destructive measures to destroy uh, infrastructure, to destroy uh, technology that we might have, destroy our operations, and to instill intimidation and fear. Even the simplest patrols, even the simplest uh, Personnel movements are ventures of exploration on uh, mostly Mars is one that can't be taken to, um, it has to be very well defended. It cannot be taken lightly at all. It is a serious matter to gain even a couple of miles worth of ground in Mars or, or the Kyber Belt or Jupiter's moons because of the dangers of attack of reptilians and reptilian warrior castes. Um, Members, colonists, uh, whether they be cloned or whether they be volunteer or SV, are routinely captured, interrogated, um, and kept as prisoners of war by the reptilians. Uh, the experiences are very similar to encounters with reptilians on Earth. They act as a type of pirate. They act as a type of uh, renegade, as a type of buccaneer, as a type of uh, corsair. Um, for the human being itself, like yeah, that's their that's the the target that they desire the most, and so really wherever they get an opportunity from a isolated community in the desert of the of say Nevada to uh, the Australian outback to a country uh, road uh, in England to a reservoir in Brazil to a colony on Mars to a colony on the Kyber Belt, they will take advantage and try to capture people, try to capture uh, gene stock, try to capture. Uh, vampiric uh, uh, resources and human beings have been created to uh, 
to fight and to fight against hostilities, but we typically fight ourselves. We, in our ignorance, have put most of our efforts into fighting ourselves and thus can, haven't really exterminated or really dealt with the reptilian threat yet. And that's the way they like it. Uh, they don't want us to uh, reach our potential. They want us to uh, use our strengths and use our wisdom in the art of war to cut our own throats. But when we are able to unite and to uh, embrace our technology and embrace our potential and uh, marry the mind with the body, with the physical aspects of spirit and mind and physical body, uh, we will be able to effectively destroy them. And we all have things to fight for. We all have things we want to protect. We all have ideals we want to achieve. We are all champions in our own world. We are, all, we are our own gods. But we also must be knights. We must be protectors of the realm. And we must have love for our homes so that we can create this defending fighting spirit. This, this holy righteous war that we need to wage but their insidious strategy on an on a counterintelligence type level is to reverse that is to pervert that is to create a frustration of that ideal and they are willing to create um artificial realities as close as they can to to delude and to uh, trick people into going to the dark side and going to the negative side uh, they want the world to turn on itself they want the world to devour itself and yes they can create a physical literal zombie plague with their biochemical weaponry with their with their psionics but they also want a metaphorical one they want an idealized one where uh people are turning on each other, distrusting each other, viewing each other as prey, as they view us as just a blood uh, resource, as just a physical body to take over. And that is their elemental strength and, and I guess we call it the universal art of war and the, the universal uh, strategy for victory is that they want their rival power from the Ashtar High Command to humanity to the greys that they created and which rebelled against them to any um, intelligent life they encounter uh, in, the, in the, the solar system. They want that life to turn on itself. They want that life to devour itself. Uh, together they are semi-united and but when humankind is rallied together we have proven again and again that we are stronger than them and they fear that so no matter what technology they can create from stealth fighters to massive carrier ships to bombers to this chemical 4d uh, weaponry to the electromagnetic electromagnetic uh, strikes they're capable of with scalar weaponry and with uh, basically lightning generators they are still they are still competing at a disadvantage because our loyalty towards towards each other, our love for towards each other, our love for one another, is alien to them, and is stronger than their capacity for such uh, the same emotions. They do not love each other. They would not rescue each other if they, one was captured and they viewed it as a unsuccessful, uh, un, um, unlikely situation. They would take over, and they view humanity as just a a a, a, con, a collection of meats. 
a collection of veins and vessels and bones and blood. They're very literalist. Even though they're spiritually advanced to their own species, they're very literalist when it comes to others. And they see humanity as just a resource. They see humanity as cattle. They see humanity as just a meat, uh, you know, um, like and, and something to be preyed upon. But they do not see our spiritual beauty. They do not see our, our intelligence and our our divinity. They do not see that we are God's created uh, people. That we are God's chosen people, made in God's image. And there's they 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 are still fighting constantly to confuse our spirituality, confuse our morality, to confuse our ethics. Uh, they operate from underground territories, underground colony spires. Um, but they're quickly discovered. They're quickly being discovered. Uh, their resources, or their territories, I mean, and their empire is shrinking, is, is constantly shrinking uh, due to their wars on multiple fronts and their unpopularity between intelligent species and their hostilities uh, and their, their, that they're waging. And they've allied themselves with the Dark Fleet, with the Noctwaffen, giving them real technology, giving them uh, ship designs, giving them uh, weaponry. To, to operate on the outer fringes of the solar system uh, so that they might have a better influence on earthly politics. These dark fleet officers then come have a, a, a basically a corrupt network of um, network of uh, trade with earthly powers, earthly authorities, technology companies, and then they create um, the ruling class that we have to deal with, we are basically enslaved by, quote-unquote, now. And in, in doing so, they create a shadow empire. They created a shadow network. Now, they're not physically present. They're not physically powerful on Earth anymore. But they're very spiritually uh, dominant still. They're very, um, very much... Uh, covertly in charge of almost all world uh, development and power still. Now that's going to be a challenge that we have to focus on, but that's the success of their species. Not physically successful, not a lot of empire, but they still are producing generations of human beings which exploit and control the desires of other human beings regardless of the corruption and regardless of the the, the state of predation that they're volunteering for, that they're uh, believing in. That they're setting themselves up for. Because it's all just going to the 4D goo farms. It's all just people going willingly to the slaughterhouse. Willingly to the vampire party. And the vampires are just sucking them dry. Um, the, the, the whole issue of disclosure of the cosmic war. The whole issue of disclosure of our, uh, to our species. The human earth species to create enlightenment. To create our spiritual power. Is highly contested by them. They will go to open war. They will go to battle on the rare occasions to keep us ignorant on uh, for most events. And um, they will uh, become extremely um, motivated, extremely hostile when encountered or when surprised by by people, by when their territories are fringed on by people. Phil Schneider, for example, was part of an Air Force. Uh, tunneling project in which they were creating deep underground military bases when they happened upon one of these spires in El Duce, these spire colonies, and they were immediately engaged in battle. They were immediately trying to, uh, to defend their project because they were farming people under there. They had a huge ranch of people, 30,000 people, and it was connected through these subway systems, these subway tunnels, with other uh, corrupt earth 
governments around the world in their own underground military installations. But we were a neutral party. We were uh, not allowed on the treaty. And so we engaged with them during a battle of El Duce in 1979. And we recovered 30,000 uh, of these human slaves and destroyed the facilities to the ground. And that was really the last earthly colony that the earth stronghold that they had was in 1979 ever since then it's been a, a an attempt at theirs to possess our minds and possess our souls um you know a hundredfold stronger than they originally were going uh, at it because they realized that even when encountered after a life of hypnosis hypnotic control even after encountered with a life of power over their spirit humanity will still uh, fight them, we'll still combat them, and we'll still achieve victory by destroying them on a physical uh, physical level. Um, they they try to create this programming in movies. They try to create this programming in music. They try to create this programming in spirituality and religious discussion or in politics. They try to put it into our minds twenty four seven. Uh, and it, that's the reason why everything is kind of thematically uh, connected with the images of this new age, ancient mystery school type religion. Uh, they have attempted to create treaties with every aspect of authority, uh, every aspect of military control. They have successfully performed these treaties and conducted these treaties. We do have successfully recovered technology of theirs. We have been gifted technology of theirs. We've been gifted personnel of theirs. Um, they are lately showing themselves as a benefactor, as a benevolent species. Even though there might be individual skirmishes and hostilities, they are trying to present the big picture, the global view, the, the global cosmos, the solar system type view. And they're trying to position themselves as equal, but opposed to the Ashtar High Command. And as Earth becomes more and more under the control of the Ashtar High Command, they are more and more uh, fanning, the fl fanning the flames of uh, rebellion and offering themselves up as rebel leaders, as an alternative uh, to the ethically uh, uncompromising Ashtar High Command. And they're doing so by positioning themselves in the 4D goo and the programmable matter as as something that people need to create a, a more perfect species to herald the new dawn of a golden age of cooperation between Draco Reptilian, Orion Draco Reptilian, and human being and mankind. And um, they're trying to position themselves as original earthlings, that they have dominion over the earth because it's theirs to begin with, and they helped create man. But really... They're trying to get you to r focus on their ruling class aspects and not their affiliation with death and not their affiliation with predation and the, the darker aspects of their energy and the darker aspects of their vibrational densities. These are evil creatures. These are creatures that cannot be coexisted with. These are creatures whose destruction is necessary for our survival. They are blinding us. They are binding us. They are crushing us, constricting us, stopping our hearts and our chests and squeezing a, the life out of our breaths. Uh, and, and we have to fight back. We have to summon this holy anger to uh, vanquish them, to destroy them, or else they will devour us. For we are just, in their mind, creatures to be devoured. We are prey. There is no alliance. There is a battle. 
that needs to be that needs to be waged uh, for our survival and for their destruction. The endless battle of the eagle and the serpent. We are the eagle. This has been Rumors of War 1987. God bless you. Thank you for taking this ride with me. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Please like and subscribe and share to anyone you feel would benefit from this. Thank you very much. God bless you.